So for me, leaving the country to go to Italy was really to be as open and experience everything that came with it. And I did not expect to meet my future wife. I will say that. Hello, hello. I'm Kenan. And I'm Karen. Your hosts of Comparative Narrative Podcast. Each episode, we'll be bringing you stories from us and others, stories from different lenses of experience that illuminate our shared humanity. Join us in finding belonging through storytelling. Welcome to episode one of Comparative Narrative. I got the cheekiest smile on my face right now. I think we've been eagerly gearing up for this moment. Um, Kenan, you're here with me too. I'm also cheekily smiling ear to ear, totally excited and uh, pumped that we're finally getting this done. So this is episode number one. How are we going to flow through this? Every episode, we're going to start with a check-in. I mean, this is like a little mini taste of even how our day starts, right? I think sometimes we're, we're brushing teeth, we're in the shower, and it's a like, how you doing? Where you at right now? How are you setting off this day? So we'll set off each episode with a brief check-in, too. And, you know, where you at, Kenan? How you doing right now? Yeah, I love our check-ins. Um, where am I at? Uh, today is an exciting day. I got a chance to help out the neighborhood. We ran a STEM fair for young folks, all ages up to 15, and we had an incredible turnout up at the rec center, a space that lots of folks use, and we're trying to see more people come together as a community, especially post-pandemic or endemic or where the heck we are in this idea of demic, um, coming together, actually having fun and learning and making science exciting, science, engineering, and math. Uh, that is my jam. And so when I get to do some maker stuff with some kids, I love it. So I'm in a good place and we're starting this podcast. So I couldn't possibly be happier. What about you? Kind of like real effervescent right now. I got the bubbles in my chest. It's uh, different for me to be speaking out into the world, not understanding exactly who the audience is. I got bubbles there. I got bubbles too. Cause yeah, we've been gearing up for this. Uh, currently both unemployed and pretty sudden and unexpected. And in that context, creativity and doing things together with you has just been my happy place. So I'm excited to take everything we've been thinking about and talking about and just put it on the mic. Put it out there for folks. Yeah, feeling excited. Really happy that here in Oakland, California, there's sunshine today. Mm. You've been having your your cold boy summer. Joe, seriously, I'm chasing heat everywhere and I'm not finding it there. I got I got all these shorts. I got fashion for summer, but no heat. There's no heat. We have sunshine today. I don't know about yeah, heat, but have we have heat. sunshine. That's so. good. I'm I'm feeling good with the sunshine on my back and mm. probably get outside and do a little bit of gardening or something a little later today, too. Sounds fun. So what's today's episode all about? Since this is comparative narrative, we often will be talking about stories. Uh, we'll be telling stories from two lenses a lot of the time because Lord knows I can't remember everything the way you can. And we experienced it very differently sometimes. So today's story, I think, is uh, a really good place to start. It's how we met, which to many is, you know the cause of a sitcom, right? I mean, there's an entire show, How I Met Your Mother, and then subsequent spinoffs of How I Met Your Godson and Your your Uncle's Uncle, things like that. But really how we met is a great story for just understanding who we are and how we've kind of rolled together since the moment I saw you. So I guess I can start. It was 1999. That is truth. What was playing on the radio? What was in the headphones? I don't remember 
But I do know we were all gearing up for the end of the world. That was pretty crazy. Y2K? Yes, that was about to happen. And we were deciding to leave the country and go to Italy, which was huge for me because I was an engineering student at Northeastern, very like structured curriculum where you don't have a ton of academic flexibility to enjoy classes. Most of them are theory and some actual labs where you can make what you're talking about. My favorite class at the time when we met was all about concrete and making concrete. It's like slumptheory.com or something. But Special person, I, I love concrete. I can't lie. And uh, <laughs> up until that point, I've been really focused on engineering work, but was taking the semester abroad to experience new academic success or new challenges in academia outside of just engineering. And so for me, leaving the country to go to Italy was really to be as open and experience everything that came with it. And I did not expect to meet my future wife. I will say that. And you were a junior? I was a middler. So I went to Northeastern University where before junior year, you have this thing called a middler year because it's a five-year stretch and so they they didn't have a good name for what <laughs> what happened in your third year so they just called it a middler it's the middler crisis middler college crisis that's where i was at and i was were. a junior yeah. and um i was at michigan state university and i was pursuing an undergrad in the arts specifically in sculpture and when i started college uh my mom really insisted that I spend minimum six years, ideally a year abroad, um, which felt like a, you know, I thought you don't have so much to say over my life anymore moment <laughs> at the time that I'm forever grateful for, because uh, I think it was some of the best insistence or advice that I received. Um, and yes, of course, it's also when I met you. Yeah, I just visited a friend, high school friend who had done a study abroad in Paris and so for me, the year before meeting you, I went to France, hung out with my friend in Paris, saw his experience as a study abroad student in a house of only French speakers. And he was pretty fluent in French, so it worked out for him. Uh, and then I went and met some of my college friends up in you know the northern part of France. So I was out there in Grenoble, right, out there by Lyon, and having a good time in France and came back to America going, okay. I want to do a study abroad. I want to experience what my boy Olivier was experiencing, but also in my own way and connect with some of this cool culture abroad that I've never, I've never seen. I'm a Brooklyn boy and I really had only traveled to countries with my mom. You know, I've been to Germany, I've been to Africa, but I'd never done it on my own. And this was a chance to go out and experience cultures, different cultures on my own. I was really seeking expansiveness. Like I think about many points in my life of where I just wanted to be in a space where there were more people and more stimulus and where it was different than where I was at the time. Uh, I grew up in between two countries, grew up in Israel, grew up, you know, having great knowledge of the States uh, in my early years because I had family here too. And yeah, I think even my mom's, you know, insistence that I study abroad was again just to continue to broaden my worldview and that even if I was at an, you know, an agricultural school studying the arts, that I had this other opportunity to really delve into the arts, but also delve into keeping myself afloat for a year on my right. own. I mean, I was 19 when I when I left for Italy and, you know, celebrated your 21st birthday with you <laughs> shortly after. 
Yeah, we were babies. We were definitely babies and apparently wide open to experiences, which makes sense that while on the plane, I was what I call meerkatting, which is when, you know, it's like what little kids do, but different. You know, little kids will sit on the reverse side of the seat and peek their head up and look at the person behind them and the row behind them and make faces and maybe do a little peekaboo. But I was outwardly facing. I was looking forward for someone who might be cool on this plane that I can maybe experience this travel abroad thing with because I ultimately was leaving Boston to get away from Boston. Even though half of our program where folks from my own school, those were the half of people I did not want to hang out with at all. I wanted to get as far away from Northeastern and Boston as possible. And so I was looking around and I saw this really cute curly haired girl with big headphones. And I decided that that was a good enough cue to start moving closer to see what was going on. And I made my way closer to you. And I noticed that you not only had a graffiti magazine, which was what I brought, like I brought a graffiti magazine as so well on the plane. Hung out at Tower Records. I worked at Tower Records. I didn't just hang out. I got <laughs> paid to hang out at Tower Records, but um, that was the job. Ultimately, was hanging out, and you had a mini disc player. And I thought, oh my god, there's going to be like maybe ten people in the world who know what we're talking about right now, which is mini discs. We thought we were on the cutting edge we of audio. High tech. Uh-huh. High tech. We were doing it. So I immediately thought, well, this is someone who's a technical wizard. This is a geek. In reality, (laughs) I shared a cassette collection of hundreds of cassettes with my best friend and uh, needed a way to consolidate them all because I didn't have space to bring them. And again, we shared the collection. I couldn't just bring it all with me. And so I spent down to the last moments of, you know, my dad being like, you got to get in the car and go to the airport, just recording cassettes onto mini discs. And they were so cute. They're colorful. I know. Mm. So they were durable. Right, you could toss them in a bag and like still hold them. Yeah, right? physical. Digi- we digital were still physical. Didn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, we were still into physical media. We hadn't. It's 1999. We hadn't been forced to make the transition to cloud life uh, yet. So no, we were still holding on to the physical. Definitely was the connector though. And I, I was definitely also looking for like who's going to be my best friend on this trip. I think I tend to enjoy life most alongside another individual, something that I'm so glad you also find important. I joined along for the ride. I sure did. Uh, and and did and spotted you and remembered to this day what you were wearing. You were wearing like a white, off-white medium hat, maybe? It was white, but I uh, had worn it for a long time. So it was definitely off-white by that point. And yes, medium was the wheel, aggressive skating wheel company that I repped hard. So it was a MDM. And your North Face. Because I'm New York. Black with gray up top, dark New gray York, up top. New York to the bone. Got to have your North Face ready for whatever climates. I mean, I don't know what Italy was like. So I also packed, my, I packed, funny story, right? I packed this massive duffel bag uh, leaving college and then went home to New York, sat with my mom. My mom was like, that's too much stuff. Emptied, she emptied my entire bag. Well-packed bag, emptied it on the floor and was like, pick half of this. So I also came to Italy with like a bag of maybe four weeks of clothes, max. Like, Remember being very impressed by how uh, how well you synthesized. Maybe oh, that was the first time I that I noticed. That. But you also sharing the story of your mom being the one who taught you she did. how to pack like that. She did. She taught me how to not only just synthesize and narrow it down to the bare essentials, literally bare essentials, but also how to pack well. 
like that Tetris game where you we roll it and try to shove everything together. But that's about my mom. We can talk about my mom in a whole other episode because she's awesome. Maybe she'll come talk to us on an episode. That would be the best, actually. You can all enjoy my mom, which so many people have because my mom is awesome. So, yes, we'll have my mom on. I remember feeling instantly at ease after meeting you. Mm. I don't actually remember feeling nervous about the trip, but I imagine I must have been knowing that I was leaving my friends, which was the most important thing for 12 months and embarking (laughs) completely on my own. And as much as I wanted to do that, I must have been a little bit nervous. You know, I I run a little nervous at baseline. Uh, But I do remember feeling like instantly kind of like a sense of home or being able to ease in once we found each other. And yeah, we, we hadn't even gotten disembarked off the plane. No, we the literally plane. hadn't even gotten off the plane and we were already besting up, like talking about sharing all our stories. And I, I vividly remember you being like, I know your history and being someone who from Brooklyn was like, wait, you grew up where? Like you're from Jerusalem. Like that's a, that's a place that like, still exists. Like, modern people live there. Yeah, I was like, you're from the Bible times. Like, I don't understand. You look, you look young. How are you? How are you from BC? Like, how does this work? <laughs> how does this work? But yes, I was not as worldly as I am right now. I didn't understand so much, but we definitely bonded on the plane. Nice long journey, so we had time. Yeah, to bond, share music. That and it became kind of like the foundation for our trip. We very quickly got a double jack yes. for our headphones yes. and brought it down to one mini disc player with save two batteries. sets of headphones. Gotta save batteries. <laughs> and you had a you had an amazing collection. I brought an amazing collection. We were also lucky that upon disembarking on the second flight, because it was like a large flight to Milan, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and then there was a second flight to Florence. And upon the we did not sit next to each other you know, by virtue of our seats on the first flight. But I think we found a way to sit next to each other on the second flight. And we were like, already, okay, we're cool. Who else is going to be cool with us? And then we got off the plane and they were like, they were like, here's your roommate assignments. And uh, I knew, you know, I had five roommates. It was six of us in the house. And I knew like maybe four people that were going on this trip from Northeastern Three of which I was cool with, one of which I knew pretty well. So of those four, one I knew really well, and she happened to be your in the room, a roommate of the six girls in one house. We shared a room together within the house. Yeah. So I already had an in. Like my the coolest person I knew going on the trip was already your roommate. And my roommates were two dudes from Northeastern. So I did not want to be there at all. And I quickly just latched on to your house in Santo Spirito and stayed And that there. was the first, like, single bed that we squeezed ourselves into. One of many. And I'm laughing just because, just mentioned best friend Carmen, who shared the cassette, you know, collection with. And just a, two weeks ago, we saw her and her family for the first <laughs> time in a really long time. And, you know, we were doing the whole, how do you fit 16 people? In one house. Many, many of those people are kids in one house. And as they opened up their house to us, it was like, well, you can take over my son's room. There's a trundle bed. There's a regular, you know, twin mat, twin bed in there. Can three or four of you make it happen here? And we were like, we're going to take the twin bed. And it's funny to think back about that now because that 
that Italy twin bed was some extra long, extra narrow <laughs> twin bed that felt like a giant sandbag. And, and at that- first we tried to put it together with Tara's bed and I slept in the middle and then it slowly just crept apart and I was falling through the bed. And so, yes, That's right. we, we stopped doing sort that of after how the relationship evolved and that, the boundaries changed between the, the two beds. That is how boundaries changed. That is one way to create a, d- a deep rift amongst us, but not as friends. Definitely, we've remained friends with Tara since then. So that's a that's a win. As beautiful as our coming together story is, that was really just the start of our life together. And as you said, we got the jack, the double jack, and I was in Italy for four months legally, two months um, on my own running from the law. But we'll talk more about that because it was exciting and not as illegal as it may sound, but definitely frowned upon. Definitely found upon what I was doing after my four months stay of study abroad. But it, it set a, it set us up because we walked miles, enjoying the scenery, learning the culture, absorbing all of Italy and Florence, especially through this shoulder to shoulder kind of scenario because we were attached by a double jack and a one mini displayer. So we never could get that far from each other or else we wouldn't hear the music. And we had that soundtrack, a hip hop, like ex- Exodus, um, just a whole like artifact. I mean, so many wonderful hip hop bands pumping through our headphones the whole time that we walked. And I feel like even in those earliest days, we understood how our two, maybe very different, sometimes disparate backgrounds met around hip hop. And how we both enjoyed learning from each other what we were listening to in the Midwest versus the East Coast. And and walking miles, miles. kilometers well, in yeah, some kind of an urban center. And I feel like we have been doing that for 20 plus years since. Absolutely. So finding ways to take our unique experiences, our unique backgrounds, and put them together to form an understanding. A playlist? A, a playlist of how to move forward. And so welcome to our playlist of how to move forward. Right now it's called Comparative Narrative. And we hope you enjoyed episode one. It has been a pleasure. I have enjoyed this conversation already. So I hope you all out there in the the world are enjoying this conversation as well. I hope our voices aren't annoying. My effervescence went from like when you just twist off the top and all the bubbles rise to the top to now they just have, you know, a couple of streams coming up and down the sides of bubbles. Much we'll get you all settled before episode two. I feel grounded. Oh, good. Grounded. That's a win. That's a win because we both came in feeling a little nervous. So thank you all for tuning in. As always, like with these types of platforms, we would love for you to subscribe to our show. We would love to have you on board for this journey of storytelling and coming together, not just the two of us having this comparative narrative, but bringing other people on too to speak their truths. Multiple lenses on humanity. That's right. We're trying to bring it all together. We're going to start with some episodes around our former workplace about Bitwise Industries. (laughs) Ah! Yeah, go search that up on the news right now and get excited. Seriously. But Comparative Narratives here. I'm your host, Kenan Scott, and I got my awesome wife and co-host with you. Karen Scott. See y'all next time.